2: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: We're back at the top of the hour here on Fantasy Sports Today with news earlier in our show. That puts the Tennessee Titans' 2020 season potentially on pause. Several members of the organization, including players, testing positive for COVID-19. According to reports by ESPN, they are unable to even be in their facility until Saturday of this week. They're supposed to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Seems a little far-fetched at this point that they can make that happen, but hopefully, for their sake, it is only eight members, because certainly it's already being classified as an outbreak i'm craig mish joe pisapia and joe certainly that's the one thing that we'll be keeping an eye on this week for people who have waiver wires tuesday and have to make decisions on wednesday before the basically the i would say all of the injury reports come out if you have derrick henry you better prepare and if you have Mm -hmm. players on the Steelers, you better prepare you cannot go into thursday just imagining that this is going to be an easy waiver wire week and if you're in a first come first serve fantasy league where you can make moves right now what are you waiting for make the moves do it now <laughs> you have nothing to lose
0: yeah no you're absolutely right and uh, this is also why we talked about making sure that you budget for the whole season a little bit sheer than normal uh, and if you blew all your fab in the first two weeks or you blew it all last week on deon lewis like we told you not to this is going to be tough for you because this is what the season's going to be we're going to have these outbreaks at times pop up it was foolish to think that it was never going to happen throughout the nfl season now hopefully it's contained hopefully that it's a small amount and hopefully it's something where maybe a game isn't missed we'll find out but right now you have to prepare for the worst and all of a sudden tomorrow fantasy sports today and the waiver wire program right here it's going to become musty television for everybody playing fantasy football. So make sure you turn in tomorrow. We're going to break it all down. I'm working feverishly, getting the right names in the right situations, trying to uh, give you some options because, look, last week was arguably the biggest waiver wire week we thought we'd ever see because of the massive injuries to guys like CMC and Saquon and all the dudes in between. But you know what? We might be right back at it back-to-back weeks, and there might not be enough fab to go around. So maybe even some trades might have to happen as well. So stick around. It's going to be a wild 2020 season, and you're very lucky to have Craig and myself taking you through it.
3: Well, and the other thing that I would say too is that if you're playing in a league that your opponent has Derrick Henry or your opponent has Connor or Juju or someone else, don't sit. You can go ahead and get that player and prevent – that guy from picking him up and playing him against you. This is not a week to just sit back. I would tell you that as well. So, look, if I learned anything about the Cardinals and the Marlins situation, I would never pretend to speak on what happened with the Titans because I, I saw that happen, and it was disgusting the way that people were treating the Marlins and the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Uh, it was It was really bad. But I would tell you this. If I had to guess, it's probably the same thing. You have 60 guys playing on an NFL team, and all it requires is one guy on one team to take his guard down for a second. And by the way, maybe even doing something that's not egregious. Maybe he went to Chipotle. Maybe he went to go get a Starbucks. But if, so Some if good he did, thing Chipotle is egregious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but if he you, if you, if you just did something that was unassuming, <laughs> it's very possible. But hopefully – what happened with the with baseball now because I think it's gonna has it has happened that I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better but I, I think the same thing can happen with football where the rest of the league can now look at the Titans and then then they'll contract trace and they'll figure it out no doubt they'll come up with oh he was some the buddy was with a family member they didn't know and it was innocent of course it's innocent mm-hmm. nobody wants to get anybody else sick but if you don't bubble down or bubble up however they're saying it, It's going to happen again and again and again. And there are a lot more players in the NFL and there's a lot more. uh, There's a lot more possibilities because of those players that are in the NFL. There's 30 more guys that you're having to deal with on each team. And if every single one of them doesn't take it seriously or not seriously enough, regardless of what you feel the virus does to you or not. And that's I'm not getting into that topic. The guys have to stay home. You 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 if you you don't have to stay home if if you're an individual watching this show, but if you're playing in the NFL, you probably have to stay home because if this happens and with positive tests, they're not going to take the chance. They're not going to allow you to play. So, hopefully a lesson is learned, but for the Titans, it's going to be a very tough lesson because there is a real chance the Titans season is derailed from this because if we find okay, out tomorrow, believe me, it, just, it doesn't start with four or five guys and stop. That's, that's not the way that this worked with no, St. Louis. No, that,
0: that, that, that we definitely learned the hard way.
3: Nope. So I'm just – look, we could be hopeful on this, but you also have to be realistic. And I see people on Twitter saying, well, maybe they could, you know, get a practice in Saturday and play the game on Tuesday. Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. Hope for next Sunday. You know, hope, it's, it's a 14-day quarantine. Hope for next Sunday that these guys can play and start that preparation now don't wait until thursday or friday it is amazing to me to see the reporting that's going on in the nfl as if it did not happen at all in major league baseball in a non-contact sport did you not see what happened in to the marlins and to the cardinals like this is very possible that it can happen again so uh we learned today that members of of the Titans tested positive, we also learned later on that they were real positive tests. These were not tests that were negative or false negatives. That's why they have shut this down. NFL season's gonna go on twenty eight teams are gonna play. Things are gonna be okay, I would assume. But for your fantasy purposes, if you are waiting and and just tweeting and tweeting and hoping. Oh, I think it'll be okay. They'll play next Tuesday. I was the one that said there'll be an NFL game on Tuesday. But not this Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, this, this just happened. So stay tuned is the best way that I could tell you on this. And, uh, and, and wear a mask. And, and if the NFL, just put your mask on. It, it will happen, probably. Bubble down. Streaming defense is next. Anyway. We're going to get to some of the big surprises in fantasy football this season, also preview all of the Major League Baseball games, take a look at some of the odds to win the series and also the odds for today's game as well. But first, Joe, uh, defenses in fantasy are almost impossible to identify. We're seeing scoring at an all-time record. More games have gone over the total in in terms of the Vegas or FanDuel odds total for the first three, three weeks than ever before in the history of the NFL. So it it almost has rendered defenses uh, in terms of streaming somewhat irrelevant because they're almost impossible to find. Now, look, if you can target up against a really bad team or a team that struggles on offense, like the Jets, as an example, you have the Indianapolis Colts. You come out with 20 fantasy points and hopefully you ended up winning. I had the Colts and I lost. Didn't make a difference. But regardless of that it's it, you You probably there's there's so many people who are watching us and listening to us right now and thinking oh I know exactly what you're talking about because I hate my defense everybody hates their defense mm. Seattle do you really love your defense right Minnesota you thought going in they'd be pretty no. good you really well. love that too yes so so you really at this point unless you have Indianapolis who I think are the number one scoring or you have, let's say, New England, and they've had their issues as well. But you know, there, there are a few that you can start every week and feel comfortable with. But in general, a lot of what's being done is streaming. So here are a couple potential fantasy, fantasy options, Joe, to take a look at this week. And you can tell me what you think. The Los Angeles Rams, who are less than 50% owned in fantasy leagues, and the Buccaneers. These are two teams that are less than 50% owned in all fantasy leagues. The Rams play against the Giants and daniel jones just has never met a ball that he doesn't like to drop he did it again last week i don't get this guy at all <laughs> and the buccaneers go against the chargers and and who the chargers are, are are impossible to figure for the last 10 years and last week was no different so maybe the buccaneers jump out to a big lead and the chargers can't come back uh, the, the giants are minus 4 in turnover margin that minus four is not a bad number for the season. It's a horrible number for right now. We're only three weeks into the season and their turnover margin is number four, is, is minus four. And that's not really good at the end. So they're on pace for like a minus 30. That's horrible. And the Rams get them this week. The Rams' defense looked terrible against Buffalo, too, by the way. I'm just searching for something here. And the Bucks have five sacks. At least they have going, that going for them. And they haven't been completely blown up outside of one week defensively. So... Either of these possibilities, Joe, or is it just coin <laughs> flipping again?
0: Uh, no, actually, I love the Rams this week against the Giants because you want turnovers and that's what you're looking for. And the Giants, I think, are going to give that to you. And if they can't run the football, then they become very predictable. And that's a bad situation for Daniel Jones. Last year, his point totals, his average without Saquon Barkley was not good when Saquon was in the lineup far better and we all know why because when you have the best player on the planet potentially on your team and you take him away all of a sudden the offense does not become nearly as exciting as you would think. So for me, the Rams are definitely in play. Uh I would say that the Bucks are in play also. Uh and the Bucks defense is pretty good. It was pretty good last year. In fact, they were great last year against the run. The problem was they got torched quite a bit against the pass, but also they got tired in games because of all the time they spent on the field. James Winston constantly put them in bad positions because he threw 30 plus interceptions last year and that was a defensive unit that was really taxed. Now all of a sudden you had Tom Brady in who's more theoretically <laughs> efficient with the football. He's thrown a couple picks this year that have not been helpful, but uh his drives are a little bit more sustained. You know, Winston also had uh, some of these drives that would last, you know, they would end up in a touchdown, but they would only take 2 minutes. Because he would throw that big bomb to Evans or Godwin or something like that, and they would break free. So, a little bit more methodical driving style of Tom Brady, I think actually helps this defense quite a bit. Uh, So, I think both of these are in play. And one more note about defenses, too, or maybe one and a half notes. We're coming off a year last year where the New England Patriots defense was winning people weeks. They were all world for the first eight to 10 weeks of the season. Same thing with the 49ers. If you had either one of those two defenses, you were winning literally winning your matchups because of the defenses some weeks, which was staggering, something we weren't quite used to seeing most years. And to now go to a season where all of a sudden, like you said, A lot less penalties being called, a lot more scoring, a lot more overs. All of a sudden, that dynamic of the defense's importance has changed quite a bit. So if you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have a defense you feel really good about, that's great. But these are two options this week that if either are on the waiver wire, I would happily play. I'd play them in DFS. And you also have to change your mind in the DFS world. And this is the half point I'm going to make, too, because – Spending up for a defense can be very dangerous this year. Instead, I'd be looking for turnovers. Look for teams that turn over the football. Yeah, it might not be the best defensive matchup, or maybe you think that they're going to give up some points. But on the FanDuel scoring, if you can at least find somebody and target somebody like a Daniel Jones or somebody else, that you know that quarterback is turning the football over, that can be enough, and you can save a lot of money there. You can save a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars in your DFS lineup and spread that around somewhere else because defense this year, is not a game changer, whereas last year on FanDuel, you had to some weeks have the New England defense because they were scoring 30 points some weeks, and you were looking around going, I've never seen anything like this. So that has been a shift too. So don't think that that same thing goes for this year because it does not go for 2020 like it did for 2019. Judge accordingly and plan accordingly in your DFS lineup creating.
3: Yeah, it's, it's been a struggle for a lot of defenses for sure, and, and Kansas City did come up, come up very big on monday night but in general team the, to- the totals are in the 50s and, and pushing 60 they're all, of these this week too, they are all so.
0: i was looking this week craig they're all in the 50s almost and you're just looking around going, oh my goodness like could we possibly do this is every week going to be like this now
3: yeah it, it seems like we can so we'll see it probably happen again they're just not calling penalties that's that's it's a great thing that they're not calling penalties but the problem also is that it's not a coincidence and i'm gonna guess no. that the commissioner probably on the side, told the refs, Hey, the more penalties you call, the longer these guys have to be around each other on the field, get them out of there. And Mm -hmm. that led to more scoring. The games are going longer anyway. So I don't know if it made a big difference. All right. uh, There's, there's one thing that through three weeks, I think that we can attest to, and that is fantasy surprises. And Joe and I each have our, our surprise thus far through three weeks. And I think that some are obvious. We've talked about James Robinson a little bit earlier in the show and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been a great surprise. And some players that are scoring a lot and at the top are scoring are, are picks that were in the second and third round anyway. It's just that McCaffrey is hurt and Barkley is hurt and Michael Thomas is hurt. And some of those guys have been pushed up anyway. But I wanted to dig a little bit deeper down. And my fantasy surprise thus far is Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers, who basically was not really talked about very much as a wide receiver three, two. Right now he's a wide receiver one. And... He is 6th in the NFL in receiving yardage, which is shocking, 278 yards, 10th in the NFL in receptions with 20, and essentially has become the favorite target of Teddy Bridgewater. And Joe, without Christian McCaffrey there, too, for at least another week or two, I would guess that this is going to continue. Now, remember, one of his catches was a 70-yard reception, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of weeks ago, so that did pad on to those stats. But then what would you say about guys like Tyreek Hill and guys that catch Mm -hmm. 50 or 60 yard passes and and Metcalf? That's part of the game and it's part of their game. And so for me, Robbie Anderson is the big surprise right now. Grading out as a wide receiver, uh, one with potential Mm -hmm. at the end of the season, even to finish as a wide receiver, two, is not something that I saw coming.
0: No, and a lot of people were down Robbie Anderson because Teddy Bridgewater doesn't historically throw the best deep ball, and that's basically his best skill set. And you're right about two of the three things you said, because tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about DJ Moore, who actually has a higher target percentage in the offense, surprisingly, than Robbie Anderson, even though he hasn't been as fantasy productive. But you're absolutely right. Robbie Anderson has been a very pleasant surprise. He's been great, and Caroline is going to be playing from behind. So I don't want to go away anytime soon. Wide receiver one, that's a question. I don't think he can maintain that level, but definitely wide receiver two. For me, it's been Josh Allen. Uh, I expected him to be a guy getting fantasy points with his legs, not with his arm. I mean, when you take a look at the stats of Josh Allen, they are staggering right now. He's got 10 touchdowns, passing touchdowns, mind you and just one interception. That's a 71% completion percentage of a QB rating of 124 has been spectacular. He's still rushing too. He's got two rushing touchdowns, 84 rushing yards, second right now in passing yards with over a thousand just three weeks into the season, passing touchdowns and passer rating. The dude has been fantastic and not in the way you thought he would be. He's been fantastic with the arm. So for me, that's been the biggest surprise of the fantasy season as of yet.
3: Yeah, he's been a superstar. Not only is he a QB1, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in fantasy on the verge of a top three. And that is not something that a lot of people saw coming this year for sure. But Buffalo has been great. They barely won last week's game, but they did eke it out against the Rams. Furious <laughs> comeback there, uh, basically needing a miracle to even win the game at the end of the game. But Buffalo ended up doing it. And they look like, at, at the very least, a playoff in 2000. All right, we'll preview all of the MLB postseason games. They begin very shortly. We'll have it on the grid next.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome back here on FST. Of course, we're going to hit on the baseball postseason and preview the games getting ready to start in about 30 minutes today. We have the American League on one side, the National League on the other side. Now, all of the series in the first round of the 16 teams that are in Our three-game series played in the home park of one of the teams. Immediately after the series is over, the teams that are remaining are going to travel to the bubble sites. One is in Los Angeles. The other one is in Texas. The National League is in Texas. The American League is in Los Angeles. And then, of course, they'll play the World Series in Texas. So, Joe, for the first time, we have 16 teams playing in the MLB postseason. And I thought that we would take a quick look at some of the games today and, and sort of dive into what we think about the series. So, Let's go ahead and get started, and we'll start off with Game 1 between the Houston Astros and Minnesota Twins. Zach Greinke will start Game 1 for Houston, and Kenta Maeda is a a pretty much overwhelming favorite at 167. News came out about an hour ago that Josh Donaldson did not make the Twins' postseason roster, which was somewhat of a surprise, Mm. but it's been a struggle for him uh, health-wise and physically-wise to get there. But uh, knowing Josh Donaldson, I don't think he could be happy with that we'll see if that changes coming up in the next round because again this is only 3 games but uh Joe the Astros did not have a great year. I mean that's that's basically all there is to say. They lost Verlander, Altuve didn't hit, uh Bregman was out for a while. They simply never put it all together. Kyle Tucker carried them for a few days, but they were more or less a 500 team all season and the Twins are pretty much favored to win this year. It just may be the kind of season where Houston has to lick their wounds a little regroup and get back at it or either that or they have to show us something that we've seen in the last few years and usually when a team doesn't show it it's usually not them so it'd be hard for me to pick houston in this series
0: yeah, I can understand that. And Houston hasn't had a great season. I think the question is, do they have a great run in them? And I think the answer could be yes. Uh, look, if Granke and Framber Valdez pitch up to their capabilities, you're in a situation here where you know there's a bunch of talent. You know there's still that chip on their shoulder. They are not happy with how the season worked out for them. I'm sure of it. But it feels like a fresh start for them. And the one thing I'm going to say, without Josh Donaldson, if you go look at the numbers of this lineup, yes, they are a formidable lineup. Nelson Cruz is all-world, Rosario, Polanco, Kepler, Buxton's played well at times. Very, very good line. However, without an in-that line, it is, not? go look at the run productivity it is lower when Josh Donaldson is out. And he's just one. But for some reason, he's been a real integral piece for them over these 60 games. So not having him there, all of a sudden, I think the Astros have a real shot here. And I think it's going to upset a lot of people. I think the Astros actually have an opportunity to win this series, especially if Framber Valdez and Granky pitch up to their capabilities. That's the key because the back of this, look, you got to have McCullers at home because of the 13 ERA on the road. If you start him at home where he's got a two ERA, I think you have a much better shot of winning that game. But right now, once again, I feel like we're hitting that spot. We hit last year with the twins. We're really good in the regular season, but do they have the pitching that could show up and have big time games in a short series? And I think that is still a great unknown.
3: Yeah, I, I just I can't like Houston. They have not played well all year. They didn't play well the last week. I like to t- I like to go with teams that are playing well right up until the point the postseason starts, and I can't say that about mm-hmm. Houston here. But uh, everything could change if they win Game One. I mean, that's that's definitely where it's at. If somehow Greinke could put together a great start and they could score some runs, but this has been Altuve's worst year in a long time, Bregman's worst year yes. in a long time, and um, yeah, it's, it just it seems like their run maybe is coming to an end. And but but look, Greinke is the great equalizer. If he can go out there and pitch a great game and beat them in game one, it certainly could change everything. Uh, Later on today, we have the Chicago White Sox taking on the Oakland Athletics. Many people feel the series is a toss up. FanDuel Sportsbook has about minus 108, 110 on the A's to win the series. So it tells you anything can happen in three games. As good as Oakland has been during the regular season last few years, they have also not been great in the postseason. But this is Chicago's first postseason in a long time. And Lucas Giolito, who came on strong this year, is a a pretty heavy favorite here, minus 135 over the Athletics' Jesus Lazardo, who you just simply don't know what to expect from him on any given day. Yesterday, Lucas Giolito ended up speaking to the media and talked about a lot of the different things going on with the White Sox, in particular, the fact that he and a lot of the players on the team have absolutely no postseason experience.
0: It's time to go to work. Um, You know, this is what we're... This is what we're playing for uh, now that we're here. It's a brand new season. Uh, Everything that we did up to this
3: point doesn't matter anymore. It's all about the game tomorrow and then the game after tomorrow and so on and so forth. So for us, it's just, uh, you know, enjoy, you know, for for a lot of us, our first time in the postseason, myself included. So I'm definitely going to enjoy that moment, Um, you know, being able to play on this stage, uh, but at the same time, kind of like what T.A. just said, it's the same game. Uh, We know what we need to do to be successful, so that's uh, all we have to do. Yeah, and and Joe, uh, this is going to be a very competitive series, I think, between these two teams. I wish it was a longer series because I don't think that we're going to get the true judge from this, but A's are a slight favorite here because they were probably the better team during the regular season but i i find the series a toss-up to me i i don't i don't have a clear winner here i think maybe the winner of game one wins the series
0: you're probably right uh, i will also say missing matt chapman is just a huge blow to the a's because he's a very good defensive player and offensive player and i think when you don't have that kind of guy on the team and he is arguably your best player that's always difficult as well you we got a lot of young pitching as well that you know sometimes shows up sometimes doesn't guys like jose Sal- hazers laro excuse me has phenomenal upside but again, this is a a new stage for him. So we'll see if he can show up for it. I would lean towards some of the veteran presence of, you have guys in there like Encarnacion, you have guys who've kind of been there before the Keikos of the world with, with the Chicago White Sox. So maybe collectively this team hasn't, doesn't have a lot of experience, but there are some guys in this team that do. And I think that lineup just does not quit. And I think they're not going to quit in this one. So I would lean towards the White Sox personally, and I want to see them make a run because they're exciting. They're fun to watch. And man, I love that lineup.
3: Yeah, and look, Oakland's pitching went into the season. A lot of people thought that they would have a really good pitching staff, and it just completely fell apart toward the end of the year. So we'll see what they can do in the postseason. Uh, Okay, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern, an overwhelming favorite over on FanDuel. It is the Tampa Bay Rays at minus 200 today. Blake Snell, by the way, the Rays are minus 225 to win this series if somehow the Blue Jays can pull it out. And Charlie Montoyo made the interesting decision to give Hunjin jin his full rest and start him tomorrow. So they're going to start Matt Shoemaker today. But, Joe, the Rays have been an absolute juggernaut. They played Philadelphia this weekend with all the Phillies needing to do is win one game out of three. They couldn't s- sniff out one game. The Blue Jays are going to have a lot of great seasons. I cannot imagine the Blue Jays upsetting Tampa this weekend in Tampa. I-, I cannot see it at all.
0: No, I can't either. I'm with you on this one. The Blue Jays have been a great story, and I don't disagree with the idea of starting Ryu on his proper rest because if that's what the guy's telling you he needs, then you do what the guy needs and you try your best to get that win. That's the one that's most important win with the best pitcher on the mound. So that's, that's the situation.
3: Tonight, it is the Yankees and Cleveland Indians, and the Yankees are a very slight favorite on the road because, of course, aside from Garrett Cole, is Shane Bieber on the other side, the Cy Young Award winner. Yankees are minus 116 to win the series. This will be Garrett Cole's first postseason start with the Yankees and certainly believes that regardless of what scenario he's posed with is definitely up to the challenge.
1: Well, I don't. um, I I mean... Look, I, I pitched in one game, one-offs, wild cards. Uh, this is... Uh you know, this is a crazy year. Uh, this is a brand new format. It's a three-game series that we're going to have to win to get to the next game. I think starting the first game, whether it be a three-game series, a four-game series, is May, April, June, July, October. Whether it be a doubleheader in coronavirus baseball this year, and you get the first game. Uh, the object is if you're if you're if you're taking the ball early, is to set the tone both for the pitching staff and for the team. So. Um, you know, I, I've been practicing that this year and I'll just keep uh trying
0: to get better at it.
3: Indians are hot, Joe. This is this is not a great matchup for the Yankees who have not been hot. They didn't look good this weekend. They're on the road at Cleveland. And I understand they have Garrett Cole and I understand they have all those bats. Indians are playing better baseball though. I, I I'm gonna just enjoy this this one. I really don't have a strong opinion. But just to make the Yankees favorite and say that they're going to win the series is very foolish. Indians have good pitching, good hitting. I could absolutely see them winning the
0: series. I think absolutely. And I think those odds go up exponentially if they get the win tonight. I mean, obviously for just mathematic reasons, but also if you can beat Garrett Cole. And that's the tough part. I mean, I see a Garrett Cole in that clip there who is chomping at the bit. You know he's going to be ready. You know he's going to show up. He's a big-time pitcher. Those guys always show up. He had dazzling postseason numbers last year. The problem is the guy on the other side just won the pitching triple crown and there's nobody better this year than Shane Bieber. So Garrett Cole can go out there for 8 innings and give up one run and lose this ball game and that is just the truth. Jose Ramirez has played like an MVP here in this last month. And right now, we talked about the Indians as the hot team, but we also talked about them going back into the summer of saying, "Hey, if the Indians can get into the playoffs, right? We, they're not in a position to sell Lindor. They're probably just going to be in by default because of COVID and because of the shortened season. But my goodness, this pitching's really good, and they even moved a pitcher. And Mike cleveland had guys Holly like step up, Tristan step." This team is loaded, and I think they are very dangerous in a short series because of all that pitching they can throw out there. Cookie Carrasco has been up and down, but, man, right now, it's hard to believe that the Yankees could be a favorite in this series. I understand they're like the Cowboys, right? The Yankees are the big-name team, but I'm kind of with you, Craig. I think the Indians are super dangerous, and we're not the only ones. Mike Blewett was here on the show yesterday, and I asked him that question. I said, uh, are the Yankees uh, in trouble here, basically? And he said, absolutely. He is very afraid of the uh, Cleveland Indians. And I think the Yankees should be as well.
3: Yeah, I, look, they they got back Aaron Judge. They got back John Carlos Stanton. Take a look at their numbers since they've come back. And and this is heading mm-hmm. into postseason game one. So yep. look, the series in this one in particular is not going to be decided tonight. I wouldn't say that. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see who they pitch in game two, who they pitch in game three. I mean, literally tonight could be a 2 game or a one-to-nothing game. But it should be exciting nonetheless. Uh, Coming up next, we've got a little fantasy or reality, so make sure you stay tuned to that. We're going to answer all of the burning questions in fantasy, so make sure you stay tuned. And we'll be back on tomorrow's show as well in noon Eastern as we break down fantasies four in the NFL, so don't go away
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: welcome back time for a little fantasy reality here on fantasy sports today as we Get you ready for another week of fantasy football, another week of big college football, of course, coming up this Saturday. Last Saturday, we saw some huge upsets in college football. And then, of course, uh, tomorrow night, Joe, it is the NBA Finals. We got the Miami Heat taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of people are having fun with this one with LeBron going up against his old team. And, of course, Pat Riley going up against his old team.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, Jeff Perlman's got a new book out too. Perfect timing, ironically, about the Lakers dynasty, which I heard is really fascinating. I know he's been working on it for a while. So if you're a big Lakers fan, there's a lot of Lakers stuff going on for you right now. And I know everything is buzzing down there in Miami with your Marlins, with your Heat. It's good to be in sports in the Miami area right now because there's a lot of exciting stuff happening, that's for sure. And it should be a good series here between these two teams. So I think everybody's looking forward to it. It's just so weird to go that just the cup final and every day and we got MLB it's just so weird to have everything basically battling for a championship at the same time it's very bizarre
3: it is and and look it's it's definitely a lot of fun here in South Florida too a different vibe of course because no one gets to go to any of these games but I, I think it is cool to at least have winners here in South Florida we have not had a lot of winning going on over the last few years for sure Okay, let's get started here, and let's take care of our fantasy or reality segment for today as we get ready to close out the month of September. Really? We're headed to October already? Okay. Fantasy or reality? Here we go. Question one, this will be the most exciting Major League Baseball playoffs since the wild card invention. Joe, is that fantasy or reality?
0: In my world, it is absolutely reality. I love this. This is great. More teams, shorter series. Everything is compact and everything feels like a game seven. More meaningful baseball. Some of these series, they slog on forever. I don't want everything to be a best of seven. I work teams, more playoffs, left regular season. Everybody knows that's how I feel about Major League Baseball right now. But I will tell you this. I think it's also exciting from the perspective of the teams and the players you have. You have a Reds team that's in the playoffs that's been absolutely red hot. Trevor Bauer's been brilliant this year. You get him in the playoffs. You got Shane Bieber's t- team from Ohio in there winning the pitching crown They're in the playoffs. You've got the Reds in the playoffs. You've got young stars like the Padres in the National league and the White Sox in the League. Everybody wanted them to the play off this year because the expanded format, we have them too. This is great. You also have some of the old guard. You've got your Braves. You've got your Yankees. We got your standard stars that people are looking for in terms of playoff ratings as well. But for me, it's all about these young upstart teams, and it's a very exciting crop of players. We don't have Juan Soto in the playoffs this year. We got him last year, but we're going to get to see Fernando Tatis. We're going to get to see Aloya Mendez and Luis Robert and all these guys on the grand stage, and I think that is great. Even if it's only for a few games, I think it's a very cool thing. I think it's something that everybody should be excited about, and I'm sure the players don't love it, the organizations don't love it, but as a fan— It's something that I am more excited about this year's playoff than I have been in quite some time. And I'll tell you what, the last couple of years of the Major League Baseball postseason have been pretty good. You've gotten some great games in the World Series there that, you know, the Red Sox and and the Dodgers going to those crazy extra innings. Last year, every single team went on the road. All of the games last year in the World Series between the Nationals was super fun. Look, the postseason has been good. I don't think enough eyeballs have been on it. I think this year you might get some more eyeballs on it because there's just more teams in it. Yeah, I'm going to
3: say that it's fantasy because there are no fans there. So I I don't – it'll be exciting in a reality point of view of watching it on TV. But the fan element in all of sports being missing makes this a fantasy for me. Now, they're saying that maybe the World Series in Texas, they'll be able to have fans there. But, I mean, we're talking about a month from now. I don't think anything's going to change all that significantly. To have all of these games going on at once and have them being played even during the day reminds me back to when I was a kid and watching – some of these playoff games during the day. So certainly it will be cool. But for me, it's fantasy not having fans and that atmosphere there. I I can't, I can't agree with this one. And it's, it's really a shame, especially in markets like Cincinnati and the Chicago white Sox and the San Diego Padres. And here where I live in South Florida with the Marlins to not have fans be able to celebrate with their teams, be able to go to these games too. It would have been so special. So uh, I think it's fantasy. I think it's nice, and maybe next year they will be allowed to be fans. I do think they'll keep expanded playoffs to a degree, but uh, no, not for me with no fans. It will not be the most exciting. It'll be fun, but not the most exciting. All right, fantasy or reality. Let's go to question number two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after a win last week, after a Saints loss, Joe, are the best team in the NFC South.
0: Is that fantasy or reality? I got to tell you, I think – reality and i can't believe i'm saying this because i've been a very tough grade on them and the godwin injury hasn't been great and brady has been far from perfect and the run game has been inconsistent but i think the defense of the bucks has been pretty impressive for me so far i really think that they have and they've kind of built on what we were talking about earlier in this hour that they were really good against stopping the run and that's a very important thing to win in football games you could stop another team from running the football and make them one-dimensional you have here and it seems like every week they start to gel a little bit better and better now the caveat here is when michael thomas gets healthy maybe this will change but i gotta go with the right now aspect of this question because the nfl is living right now and we don't know if michael thomas comes back healthy and is himself ever the rest of the season we don't know that we hope that but it's not definitive look how long it took saquon barkley to come back and be truly healthy he came back quick but he wasn't healthy for quite a few numbers before (laughs) And the Saints on defense look a little old and a little slow. And right now, a little one-dimensional. They just keep trying to get the ball to Alvin Kamara. And as great of a player as he is, I'm kind of struggling here. And I look at the rest of this division. It ain't the Atlanta Falcons, I can tell you that much. And clearly, it's not the Carolina Panthers ever. Man, I think that they are the best team in the NFC South. And it's just a right now. I, I don't think this is crazy. I think it's reality. Craig, what do you think?
3: Yeah, it's, it's reality, and it's not something that I saw at the beginning of the year. I thought that Tampa Bay's numbers were a little bit overrated and inflated, and I don't think it's a matter of them being as good as it is. I think that we've, we're we seeing the end of of Drew Brees and the Saints, and it's really hard to say, and we said that about Aaron Rodgers and it looked like we were wrong on that one because he could play for another five years, no doubt, based on the way that he's played. But you, you can only go with what you've seen, and maybe, as we mentioned earlier in the show, not having Thomas is part of that. But part of me also is thinking maybe there's a chance that if Breeze wants to go out and go out on his own terms, unlike a guy like Phillip Rivers as an example, maybe this is the final year. Maybe the writing has been on the wall with Taysom Hill and everything they've done with him too and bringing in Winston. Maybe they just kind of know that this is going to be the final year for him. Um, Breeze is a Hall of Famer, one of the best quarterbacks that I've ever seen. He has not looked like it this year, and it has not been close to what we've seen in the past. So uh, by default... I'm going to say reality. I think the Bucks are probably a 10-win team, but I don't know that yeah, the Saints are a right. 10 And so, <laughs> yeah, and that that puts them over their total, by the way, too. So that was not one that I thought going into the year. Uh, okay. Finally, hey, the New England Patriots look pretty good, right? Patriots look like they're going to be back in the playoffs. They look like they're a 9-10 win team. Maybe even more. They they seem pretty good. They, they could be undefeated, honestly, this year. Uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, fantasy reality likes Cam's nickname for him, which uh Cam Newton is calling him dollar Dollar Bill," y'all. Now, there's a lot of people who aren't going to understand that reference, Joe. So, fantasy reality, <laughs> Do you think that he likes his nickname?
0: Who doesn't understand that one? Really? Are we are we that uh, are we that down the entertainment trough there? We forget what Dollar Bill, y'all. We, I mean, come on! Doesn't cash rule everything around all of us? At the end of the day, nobody not gets the Wu Tang Clan reference. Yeah, well, look, everybody I don't knows. think Bill Belichick gets it. I can tell you that he does not get the Wu Tang Clan reference. I am pretty sure that that is the truth there. Uh, I think he likes it. I think this whole sour and dour Bill Belichick has constantly been this facade, and he is a big, giant dork deep down inside. I think he's fun, right? I think he, I saw him speak this weekend, and he looked like he was having fun. He, he looked and he looks like a good time. They just horrible loss for teammates. And they've rallied around there and played good football. Despite that, that's a tough thing when that happens in a locker room to kind of get everybody up and going. And it's been kind of staggering. And, and Cam's been a, a leader so far. And he's been outstanding. He looks healthy. I think he likes the nickname as long as they keep winning games. I think that is the one little attachment there. It's piece of news. But you're right. They could easily be 3-0 that came down to the last second in Seattle. And I think you have to feel really good about hanging with a team like Seattle and Russell Wilson, because they are such a good football team. Uh, this week, they have a huge test, obviously going against Kansas City, and they could end up very likely being two and two after this week. But I think in terms of two and twos, when you look at it you say, okay, my two losses were against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks, two of the guys that you could probably think of the front runners for MVP. I think it takes and you say, okay, we're a pretty good football team. As long as they're compete in that game and who, shorter week, maybe a little bit of a letdown after you kind of just destroyed the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe just, maybe they catch up some napping and Belichick has a game plan. He has shut out Patrick Mahomes before for a half of football. We all saw that in the FC championship game a couple years ago, and they've got a little unfinished business because last year they played the Chiefs very tough in new England. And guess what? They probably should have won that football game. They did not. A few calls didn't go their way. A few moments didn't go their way or that was on, some of it was on the refs but i think there's some unfinished here with belichick and the pats and the chiefs this weekend so don't be shocked if they don't go in there and shock everybody else so i'm gonna say reality he likes the nickname things are going well w's are show calm cam newton's having fun what do you think you think uh the wu-tang clan bill belichick uh, is uh, gonna be their new member here with cam newton what do you think
3: yeah, no, I, I I do think that is that is true, and I think that that is a reality. And and listen, that three minutes that you just talked, the first minute and a half was like spot on. Then you went into your whole, I'm a Patriots fan, and Belichick, if he has to stop one guy, he's going to stop one guy, and there's retribution. And then well, it's a the- He
0: does it every week. He always stops one guy, uh, whoever he, he uh, stops. When,
3: when, when you said that he was going to do it last year against Lamar Jackson, it did not happen. So let's let's you we want well, to rewind the tape. In
0: all fairness, the entire league didn't stop Jackson until did. so that's it, it also okay, but it wasn't it was like Bill was Belichick
3: only- one guy and it's Lamar Jackson did he stop Lamar Jackson
0: he did not No, but I can give you 20 years worth of times where he, that's a silly game to play because you know you're going to lose that okay, one but, but nobody stopped Lamar Lamar led the league in passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns last year as a quarterback I mean come on what more I, I, I understand more? No, that but to be clear
3: you said that that was going to happen last year and that did not is that correct or incorrect?
0: They did not. They did not. Okay. They lost a Baltimore. That, right Absolutely
3: Now, now, Bill Belichick that's of 2012 right. may be a different story, but 2019, Bill Belichick did not stop the one guy that he had to stop. They very well may stop Patrick Mahomes this week. But sometimes it's it's not about you know being wearing the jersey. It's about the reality of it here. And uh, I don't know what will happen this week in the game. If you're a fan of the Patriots, you certainly could think that way. But the reality of the situation is that i mean kansas city looked unstoppable last week in closing yes i do think he does like uh the nickname for uh cam newton i don't think that everybody gets the reference unfortunately i was a big uh, wu-tang fan so certainly i do Uh, i was considering actually on my background here having one of the wu-tang albums up there but then i thought i don't know maybe i'll switch it up so I think that EJ is going to, we're going to do some tinkering. We're going to have some other things that uh, I'm going to, it's not a background. It's real, by the way, behind me. So I'll, I'll put a record up there <laughs> just to keep the facade going.
0: Your the real. I, you're back. That's why I keep it real here on the program. That's my job. I am the, I'm the king of keeping it real. That's what I do. But I would also say that um, you're not the only person to have the Wu-Tang. I've seen a couple people kind of have that already. So just want you to well, know go you're going to be going with exactly. the herd then. Okay. Okay. Because I know you. You don't that's like to have anything else that anybody else has.
3: No, hey, i am run DMC. Point. I'm thinking of changing it up frequently. EJ's not going to like to hear that, though. I'm thinking of changing it up and, and having different things at different times. Yeah, I can't even get my own background straight today. I got my own issues with that. But story for another day. All right. Uh, Sports Grid 60 is next. And then we got to say so long to you on Tuesday. So make sure you stay tuned. We'll have a final thought or two right here on Fantasy Sports today. Stay on the grid. We're back right after this.
2: SportsGrid.com Betting Insights and Entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We got the SportsGrid 60 coming up in just a minute. Quick update for you in the NFL. Reports out of Denver say that Brett Rippon, rookie quarterback, is going to get an opportunity to make his first NFL start on arguably the worst NFL game we've seen in many years coming up on Thursday night with the Denver Broncos at 0-3, taking on the New York Jets in New York at 0-3. So no Drew Locke, no Jeff Driscoll, no Blake Bortles. It is Brett <laughs> and Joe, the ultimate ultimate embarrassment for the Jets would be losing that game on Thursday night. So with that, I will turn it over to you.
0: For the <laughs> I have a better chance of our producer, Brett Levy playing quarterback, maybe, but uh, I don't know, man, if anybody can lose to Brett Rippin, I think it's the Jets, but anyhow, it was inevitable that we were going to have positive COVID tests in the NFL. You saw one last week, and now we have a few more this week. And as Craig was saying earlier in the show, it's probably not egregious problems where people were going out. At- it's catching it because it's out there right now, and it's it's a reminder to stay safe and continue to follow all the protocols. However, from a fantasy perspective, you had to prepare for this and understand it. If you emptied the tank on your Fab in the first week or two of the season, I understand week two was a very tough one. I understand there were a ton of injuries at the same time. You had to in the back of your mind, you didn't try right now because this is your beginning. They're going to be more and more just on the floor. So, so oh, hopefully, hopefully you heated the warnings and hopefully you have a little bit more money to spend because it is going to be a long free agent season on the waiver wire in fantasy football.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, and by the way, some reports are saying that they may play the game on Sunday. I let, Let's just, th- th- this is why we're, we're going with the flow on, on this, and and I think we'll get some clarity later on in the week. How an NFL team can play on Sunday and not practice or be at their own facilities? is bizarre, but uh, certainly we'll see. Uh, I'll end it with this. There's no doubt that at this point what you're looking for is an exciting MLB postseason. Uh, as somebody who has went to a lot of the games in one of the parks this season, I could tell you that while there's a lot of excitement for a lot of teams, there's also a lot of relief that they've almost gotten all the way through this. So hopefully you guys are able to enjoy it. For you. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to Brett, Danny, of course, for my fellow host, Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mish. Talk to you on Wednesday at noon. Have a great night, everybody. See ya.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.